Even when microphones are unfaithful, God is faithful. Amen. <laughs> if you have your Bibles, turn to the book of Matthew. Matthew chapter 15. As we continue in our series, The Gratitude of God. Matthew chapter 15. Scripture says in verse 36, then he took the seven loaves and the fish and he thanked God for them and broke them into pieces and he gave them to the disciples who distributed the food to the crowd. Crowds had gathered seeking Jesus. If you look in verses 29 through 34, they are there seeking healing. They are there seeking hope. They are there seeking God. When you are seeking God, you are seeking Jesus. And the scripture says that in this gathering on a hillside near the Sea of Galilee, that Jesus healed all who were brought to him. And because of this great work, they all praised the God of Israel. Now, this is significant and specific here. The God of Israel, because Jesus was in a Gentile region and he was ministering to those who were outside the bloodlines of Israel, which teaches us that God was expanding his ministry through Jesus to the entire world. Red and yellow, black and white, they are precious in his sight. Jesus loves the little children of the world. And the ministry, this ministry of healing, went on for days. Now there are times in the scripture when Jesus healed one person out of a crowd of sick people. And then there are times when the scripture says here that Jesus healed them all. But this ministry of healing went on for three days and the people, obviously, they desperately wanted to be in the presence of the Lord as they stayed there together. And Jesus, knowing the needs of the people, wanted those who gathered to be fed before making their journey home. In fact, he said in verse 32, he said, I don't want to send them back to their houses. I don't want to send them away hungry. They'll faint along the way. They had, they had stayed there till their food supply was running out. Jesus, knowing this, was like, I don't want to send them on the journey home because they may not make it from starvation. Now, what does this passage, what does this tell us about God? In verse 29 through 31, he heals. In 32 through 39, he feeds. You know, passages like this are good for the soul because they give us a look into the heart of God. And it is within the character of God to care. It is within the character of God to care. About what? About the physical needs of people. Sometimes we question as to whether or not God cares that we are sick or someone that we love is falling ill or, or there is things in our life that we wonder if God cares about. And we see that Jesus does. He knows that they are about to make their way home. He wants them to be well fed. He wants them to be well taken care of. And here in this passage, he's gonna teach the disciples of himself to fulfill the mission of the glory of God and the good of man, which often leads us, church, to meet the physical needs of people so that we are leading to the greatest need of people, which is eternal life and right standing before God, that that only comes through repentance and faith in Jesus. This coming Wednesday night, this coming Wednesday night, we'll be in the sanctuary. The majority of us will be here. We'll be studying God's word together. The students will be in the student center the children will be in the children's building and the adults will be here in the sanctuary. But there's a pocket of us that will be at the day's end 
serving Thanksgiving dinner to the homeless in our community. Many of you have already signed up and we have all of that, all of the food is taken care of and there'll be a, a few people there because the venue's not big enough to hold us all. They'll be there serving Thanksgiving dinner, but not only just putting food on the table, they will be there witnessing for the glory of God and the good of man. They'll be there to share the gospel, the good news that God has made a way for all of us in our sin to be forgiven through the blood of Jesus Christ. And while we have this physical need before us, there is a need that is greater than even the physical ones that we face. And that is the need to be forgiven of our sin that separates us from God. For us to be reconciled to God through faith in Jesus Christ. And we get to tell that old, old story this Wednesday night as some tell and some will worship. And this passage teaches us that God cares about all of that. But Specifically, when Jesus is healing and Jesus is feeding, he is doing so with the purpose of revelation. He is showing the world exactly who he is. Jesus is not on a wellness world tour. No, he was fulfilling prophecy as the divine savior of the world and revealing himself as the one true God. Kind and compassionate and mighty to save. Save us from the sin that separates us for a right, real, and eternal relationship with God. You see, that is the big picture. Yes, we see the miracle of feeding all those folks, thousands of folks, that God does through his power and exerts his power over the physical world. But it was for the purpose of showing them the big picture in the spiritual world. Are you seeing the big picture in every part of your life? in your day-to-day, -day, in your family, in your relationships? Are you seeing the big picture or are you just seeing what's right in front of you? When we drive, there are times when we will look just past the hood. When we are parking or we are cutting a corner and we are making sure we are in the right spot, there are those times when we are looking just past the hood. But what do we do when we drive for the most part? We are looking out. We are seeing the bigger picture because if you don't, you are going to be driving in fear as you look just past the hood. You are going to miss your turn. You will not see the destination. You will not have the great perspective. And so we look out and listen, what God's word teaches us today is this. He cares for your parking and cares for your turns. He cares for, what, for the cares that are closest to you. But while God cares about where you are, he's most concerned about where you are going. He's most concerned about the big picture of your life. Listen to what Jesus said in John chapter 6, verse 26. He said, I'll tell you the truth. You, won't be with, you, won't meet, you want to be with me because I feed you, not because you understand the miraculous signs. Now listen to this part. But don't be concerned about perishable things like food. Spend your energy seeking the eternal life that the Son of Man can give you. For God the Father has given me the seal of his approval. Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus today that if there be one or many, Lord, that is just living for this day and this day alone, Father, I pray that they would recognize their great need for you. Lord, pass the life that is here and now, but to the bigger picture of eternity. God, would you help us to understand the scriptures today, Lord, and understand where we stand with you. In Jesus' name, amen. John 6, 47 said, Jesus said, I tell you the truth. Anyone who believes in me has eternal life. 
Eternal life, life that does not end. You ever thought about eternal life? Life that is with God in heaven, in right standing, right fellowship with God the creator. That is the bigger picture. While we are here, this is just a vapor, man. It goes quick, it goes fast. And the big picture that God is revealing himself to the world through the son of God who is Jesus is the bigger picture of eternity. Now, when Jesus suggests that he and the disciples were going to feed them so that they would not faint on the way home. Notice the disciples' response in verse 33. Now, where are we going to get enough food to feed all these folks? That's really what it says. They said, where would we get enough food here in the wilderness for such a huge crowd? I mean, there are sometimes when you read the scripture, it, it just absolutely goes, you're just like that. You know that, right? Like when God calls us to do something and something bigger than ourselves, individually or corporately, we automatically go, how are we going to pull that off? I don't even know how that's going to work. And they're thinking logistics. And to that, I think the point is this, how quickly we forget, how quickly we forget who we are dealing with. What do you mean? They just saw Jesus physically heal all the folks that were there in front of him, exerting his power over the physical world. He had healed everybody. Did they not think that he can provide a meal for everybody? Even before that, in Matthew chapter 13, just two chapters prior, Jesus feeds 5,000 plus with only five loaves of bread and two fish. So basically, before that, two chapters, he has done more with less. And now here they are in the same situation again, and we need God to do something big, and we forget who he is. Even if Jesus chose not to feed them because they would miss it because they were thinking about the miracles more than the message. Even if Jesus chose not to feed the thousands, they should have at least known that he could, that he is the source of how we're going to feed them. Instead, they begin to think to themselves, how are we going to plan for this? Now listen, what we have to be careful of when we understand the overarching purpose, when we understand the big picture and let's just say maybe even if we have been saved by the blood of Jesus, we have called upon the name of the Lord, we have right standing with God Almighty, we've got the big picture in place. What can happen when you have the big picture in place is you begin to almost factor him out from the day to day. I'm right with God and, and heaven is mine because of the work that the Lord has done and I've trusted in that for my salvation. But I don't know how in the world I'm gonna get past this math test. I don't know how I'm going to get the money to pay these bills. I don't know how I'm going to work through this broken heart that I have. Yes, I'm saved, but I'm hurting. No, God is not a genie in a bottle that you can call out for your own personal request. But listen to the truth. He personally dwells within the life of every single believer. And he is present to provide and to counsel and to guide and correct and protect Christian, why are you trying to solve significant problems or navigate insurmountable challenges without the help of your God? Without the help of God who is near, without the God who cares for you, who provides for you, who gives you wisdom and makes all of these promises that he is always faithful to see through. I've got a question for you for what you are going with and what you are going through this morning. Have you factored God in to every moment? If you factored God into what you are going through, are you aligning with his will, his standard? 
Have you factored him in? Have you factored him into what? To everything, man. Everything. Listen to this. Psalm chapter 37, verse 23. The Bible, the word of God says, the Lord directs the steps of the godly. He delights, watch this, in every detail of their lives. Every detail. You praying about your kids? Praying about your future? You bringing it all before me? Praying about your job? Are you, are you working for a job? Are you putting in interviews? All these kinds of things you ought to. You absolutely ought to, but you need to pray about those things. You need to factor God in for his own work in the details of your lives if you belong to him so that he gets the glory and you can testify to what God has done. In verse 34, Jesus asked the disciples, how much bread do y'all have? And their response is seven loaves and a few small fish. Now that small amount is recorded to let you know that Jesus is God. Amen? Man, kids love this passage. I love this passage. Man, God, you are able to do things that we cannot do. And when you are able to do things that we cannot do, you get the credit and the glory. Because in the hands of God, the amount is just a minor detail. There were seven loaves, and when Jesus got finished, there were seven baskets left over. Now, if I have studied, it wasn't just baskets, it was hampers. You know what a hamper is? Come on, for those of you who wash clothes, y'all know what a hamper is. It's a big old basket, about like this. So there were seven loaves, right, and a few fish, and there were seven hampers of food left over. Now, I don't know exactly what happened when you look in the scripture in verse 37, it says, they all ate as much as they wanted. And afterward, the disciples picked up seven large baskets of leftover food. There were 4,000 men who were fed that day in addition to all the women and children, 4,000 plus, and then Jesus sent the people home. Now, we're not told this, but I think there were some to-go boxes there. Like he sent them home with it, right? So it's not to waste it. In the hands of God, God can take a small amount of investment and he can produce a large amount of return, a return that matters to God. Man, listen, if you're one of those that thinks, I know what my story is, I don't think God can use me. I see all these folks up there that have all these talents, I don't think God can use me. Really, it doesn't matter what you think, what you bring to the table is just a minor detail in the hands of God, amen? I remember I went to the Iron Bowl once, and for those of you that are not from Alabama, that's when Auburn plays Alabama. Alabama plays Auburn. I went to the Iron Bowl one time in Auburn. And I went down there without a ticket. That's smart, isn't it? Went down there without a ticket. I had 50 bucks. And I was like, man, I hope to get a ticket. And you're laughing because you're like, you know that I ain't gonna get you a ticket. <laughs> so I went down there with $50 and went to the Iron Bowl. And I'm looking around and I'm thinking to myself, it's getting close to game time. If I don't get a ticket, then I'll just have to watch it, I guess, at like a restaurant or I'll have to go to somebody's tailgate and hope they'll let me just stand there like an awkward person to watch the game with them. <laughs> so I, I, I have 50 bucks and I ran into a family friend of mine, family friend of mine that said, what are you guys doing here? And y'all got a ticket yet? No, sir, we don't. I'm looking. If y'all let y'all hear somebody that has a ticket, just let me know. He said, well, what do you got there? I said, I got 50 bucks. He said, I'll tell you what. You give me that, and I'll give you my ticket. I've got extra tickets, I want you to have it. Oh my goodness, thank you, thank you so much. I was like, I'm in. Like, I don't know where I'm sitting, but I'm in. I'm going to the game. And for those of you that wanna know what game it is, I'll tell you later, because I remember it well. 
So he gave, gave me the ticket. And I remember walking up to my seat and I'm like, this is different. Like we're going up an elevator. I'm like, I don't think I'm supposed to be here. And then all of a sudden, like we walk out and it's like special seats with like food <laughs> and food that they just give you, like you don't have to pay for. And then they walk us up to this like padded seat. And I'm like, yeah, they're going to find out in a second that this is not me. <laughs> you know, like we need to leave. And, and so sat there after the first quarter, I was like, going to go back and get popcorn. Went and got a hot dog, sitting in these special seats, got an overhang, special seats, an honored guest type thing. And I'm thinking to myself, as, after this is over, I'm going, okay, this was awesome, but I know my $50 didn't cover it, right? I know that this didn't cost $50. Listen to this. My resources only went so far, but in his hands, they went as far as he decided to bless me. God can take a small gift and multiply it for his glory. You see, today, I don't tell you the story to give honor and glory to that 50 bucks. I tell the story to give honor and glory to the friend who helped me. God can take a small gift of talking and multiply it to preaching. God can take a small gift of singing and multiply it to leading worship. God can take a small gift of your offering, put it together with his church and make an impact of generosity. God can take your faith that is just hanging on to inspire someone else's who has fallen off. God can take 20 people to start a church and in a year's time it'll be 220. See, the amount that we bring to the table is insignificant because when it's in the hands of God, it goes as far as he wants it to go. So don't sell yourself, your gifting, don't sell your story short. Factor God in. When you factor God in, there's going to be some big things that happen because his glory is meant for it. But listen to this church. Whatever small gift you've got has got to be placed in his hands. You notice that he took the bread and the fish and he broke it. And when you place what you've got into the hands of God, you entrust it to his blessings. And sometimes it even has to be broken up. It's not going to go like you thought it would, but now it's his to mold and to set on fire and to transform towards his distribution. Now let's go back to verse 35. And I've been waiting all week to tell you this. Verse 35. So Jesus told all the people to sit down on the ground. There is about to be provision from God. But before there is provision, there is a command. Sit down on the ground. Psalm 107, 9 says, For he satisfies the thirsty and he fills the hungry with good things. But before he does it right here, and even in chapter 14 when he fed the 5,000, he told them this, sit down on the ground. I need you to know this morning that if you need what the Lord can provide for you, you cannot receive it until you sit still. Until you sit still. As Thanksgiving approaches, how many of you will take your Thanksgiving meal on the go? None, right? Because it's special to both of us. It's special to all of us. It's special in both reason and relationship. Therefore, there will be a time set aside to sit down and receive it. I feel in my heart for my family and for this church that the Lord is trying to shoot arrows of truth at too many moving targets. Sit down. 
I remember COVID being one of the most difficult chapters in our lives. Amen. It was a, it was a tough couple of years, nobody knowing what to do. And at the very beginning, everything shut down. But here's what happened. It also afforded us the opportunity to be still. It focused us towards our priorities. And as soon as everything let up, everybody was back after it once again. Some may think that I'm trying to put principles into the scripture that are not there. For those of you, I would take you to chapter 15, verse 32, where Jesus said, these people have been here with me for three days. For three days, they sat at the feet of Jesus. For three days, they looked on at the ministry of Jesus. Now, let me ask you a question. How many of us can simply take three days away from everything for anything? Any of us? Jesus is going to be here tomorrow. Let me check my schedule, not clear it, but let me check and see what we've got. You see, when in other countries, when we've been there on mission, the priority of gathering for worship, the studying of God's word, the the moving to serve, the desire there is likely not greater. There's just more time. Because there are times when we were in Guatemala when we would have church every day while we were there because after work, everybody would just go to church because there's nothing else to do. But maybe there's more time because there's nothing greater. Amen? Matthew 15 gives us a picture of priorities where the schedule of everyone's lives revolves around the help and the hope of God to the point that people are staying at the expense of running out of food. They are sitting in the presence of God, staying in the presence of God, not even thinking about what they're going to plan for themselves or provide for themselves next. Everyone here was so wrapped up in the experience of God that Jesus sent them home. He had to say, y'all got to go on home because I got to go to different places. They wanted to stay there. I believe the desire for the service of God. I believe the desire for the family of God, the desire for worship of God and the study of God. I believe truly within the heart and life of every believer, it's as much there now as it's always been, but so is the desire for everything else. And rather than to sit still and spend time, we have a I'll take mine to go mentality. We've got places we got to be today. If revival broke out, I don't know if we'd keep everybody. It's the truth. Listen to the Bible, church. Listen to the Bible. Psalm chapter 39, verse 6 says this. We are merely moving shadows, and all of our busy rushing ends in nothing. We heap up wealth, not knowing who will spend it. And so, Lord, where do I put my hope? My only hope is you. You see, when you read that scripture, the busy rushing has no big picture, does it? Unless it does. And then we see there where it says, we heap up wealth not knowing who will spend it, and we think to ourselves, well, I'm busy, but I'm not heaping up wealth, so I guess I'm in the clear. Well, wealth is not associated only with money. You can have a wealth of knowledge. You can have a wealth of experiences, a wealth of information, a wealth of materials. Take a look at our our calendars, our schedules, the way that we spend our time. Take a look at what part of that time is dedicated to the big picture, the things that really matter, the faith works, the good deeds that glorify God. 
And we may look and find out a harsh reality that we have a wealth of all kinds of stuff, but it's not anything that has to do with the big picture. Oh, my word, listen to this. All of this we spend our energy on till we're spent, and then we nickel and dime the Lord and his work. Y'all hearing me this morning? We get so tired during the week and the weekend, we take it from the Lord on the Lord's day. When some opportunity comes up for us to serve, we don't have time. We'll give you just an inch, but you need a mile, but we don't have time for it. You cannot receive. Some of us need to hear a word from God. We need to God, we need God Almighty to set us in a different direction. We need God to speak on a matter, but we have got to sit still and be still and know that he is God so that he may have a real chance to talk to us. It is a biblical principle. And the truth is, if any of you out there are going, man, show us how, I don't know that I know how either. But I know we've got to get there in my family and in my personal life because I believe I'm absolutely missing opportunities of God because I'm just too flat out busy. Verse 36. And then he took the seven loaves and the fish and he thanked God for them. And he broke them into pieces and he gave them to the disciples who distributed the food to the crowd. This is the verse that supports the series. Jesus thanked the Father for his involvement with man. He just didn't start distributing it and providing it. It was an investment from God to the communion between heaven and earth. And it was the Father who sponsored the meal. And so as it is right to do so, he expressed gratitude. What did Jesus do? He asked the blessing. He prayed over the meal. So we ask a simple question this morning, seriously to leave you with. Should we pray before every meal? Should we ask the blessing before we eat? Before you eat today, should you ask the blessing? As children, we learn before the Lord's Prayer, that's in Matthew chapter six, we were taught a simple and reverent dinner prayer that goes like this, and some of you may know it. God is great, God is good. Let us thank him for our food. By his hands we are fed. Thank you, Lord, for daily bread. Amen. Anybody else know that? There we go. Across the building, right? And you think about the content of that prayer. God is great and God is good. And I want to thank him for our food. And by his hands we are fed. Thank you, Lord, for daily bread. That, that truly is a prayer that is taught to children at a young age to recognize that the things that we have that provide for our life do not come from us. So we bow our head and we give God glory for it. Now in our family, we added a conclusion to that that went like this. Amen, Brother Ben shot a duck and killed a hen. <laughs> I don't know if my dad came up with that and maybe some, anybody ever heard that? <laughs> yep, I think there's a couple here in the front. Y'all must have been listening in our house, I reckon. <laughs> we thought that was hilarious. We also teach that to our children. No eternal significance attached to that. It's just fun. But even in the exemplary prayer, the Lord's prayer, what did Jesus teach his disciples to ask from God? Give us today our daily bread. Give us today the food that we need. Let me ask you this question. Have you ever been hungry? And I'm not talking about it's been four hours since you've eaten breakfast and since you mentioned it, yeah, it's getting about 12 o'clock. I'm hungry and let's wrap it up. Have you ever sincerely been hungry? Have you ever gone without? Because the vast majority of us have likely not. 
Y'all, we live in a culture where we complain and act a fool and come close to losing our witness when our food is not delivered on time. Y'all hear me? We live in a culture where if we're sitting at the dinner table and somebody brings us our food and it's not the right temperature, we, won't, we may act a fool and send it back. I'm preaching today on purpose. Y'all hear me? Because when we leave here as the body of Christ and we go to a restaurant and treat people like they're nothing and act like we are elitists, why in the world would they want to come sit beside you at worship? This is the culture that we live in today. And the scripture speaks of a time in, in this history when food was not so easily grown, when it was not so easily prepared, distributed, it was not readily available. They are there with the only food that they can bring. They cannot go just a few steps down to a subway or, or, or Bucky's is not being built where they are. So, so it's just not readily packaged and they can't bring it and all of these things factor in. And here the Lord realizes the, the basic necessity for physical life and energy to function. He realizes that that which is given to them is now running low. And so what does God do? God provides. He gives and provides so that they may have energy for life to live for his glory. But he didn't just take the bread and the food to distribute. No, he paused to thank the father. So should we say the blessing? Let me just put it this way. Biblically, it's not required of us. But it is exemplified before us. That God takes a, as one pastor says, a holy moment, a significant moment just to bow and to thank God and not take him for granted. And not just for the happy meal or the combo meal, but just to give him thanks for the provision of life. This is the gratitude of those who are his. Together we thank the Lord for our food as a family. But we have to make sure we are not thanking the Lord for our food as a family out of tradition, but that we are expressing gratitude for the very nourishment of our lives that is given to us by the grace of God. Praying over our food has been described again as a holy moment. And so listen to this, if our regular prayers, if in our life, before our kids, within our families, or just by ourselves, if in our prayers, and we are thanking him for what he has provided, if they have become worn out prayers, we need to freshen it up. Do something different to express gratitude in a fresh and a new way. You need to sing a new song with our prayers, amen? So that there is a fresh expression of acknowledgement for God's provision. It is not required in scripture. And if some of you are thinking, you know what, I think we ate recently and y'all were there and we didn't even say the blessing, I'm so sorry. That's, it's good, we're good. But it is a reminder not to take for granted what God has provided for us and that a lot of people around the world do not have readily available. Jesus teaches his disciples to do what? To care for people, all people. The Jews, yes, and the Gentiles, all people that are in need. This is what we've seen through the Son of God today. And he teaches his disciples to trust in his power. His supply of power depends not on our strength but it's according to his will. And he teaches his disciples to be grateful for the character of God that makes provision for people in need. Church, what is your greatest need today? What is your greatest need? Have you factored God in? Some of you may have been attending this church for a while now and your greatest need is to get plugged in. It's not just to be here, but you need to look at a bigger picture question 
and not just deal with the question of where do y'all go to church? Can I tell you something and be real honest? I grew up in the South. All of us know 15 churches we can mention that we may not even attend, but we can throw it out there just to skate on by that question. Let me ask you a bigger question, a bigger picture question rather than where do you go to church? Let me ask you this. Are you involved in the body? Are you involved in the body of Christ? Let me ask you a bigger picture question than just, do you read your Bible and pray? Yep, I, I saw something the other day on Instagram or, you know, we had a blessing before the food the other day. Let me ask you a bigger picture question. Are you sitting still with the God of the universe that gives an opportunity for fellowship through the blood of Jesus Christ that we may have his word and the presence of God and sit still with just him for a few moments out of our day so that he may direct us away from ourselves and towards the things that matter? Are you sitting still? Are you seeing the bigger picture? Amen? Let me throw this at you before you leave. The biggest picture today is this. If in your life you realize that you need a savior, you need forgiveness, you need right standing with God, and you think to yourself, I've never made that decision, but I know I need the forgiveness of God. I don't have all the questions answered. Let me just tell you this. I don't have all the questions answered either. Here's what I can tell you about this church. I love being a part of this church because there's a lot of real people here that, have no, that don't have all the answers for everything, but a lot of them have got that answer that matters. That when it comes to their right standing before God for all eternity, they realize they can do nothing. They bring nothing to the table, but in his hands... He, get, he takes it as far as it needs to go all the way to heaven. The scripture says, if we'll call upon the name of the Lord, we will be saved. Scripture tells us that everyone has sin from the pastor to the prisoner and that because of that sin, we are separate from God and what we earn of that sin is death. But the free gift of God, which is the grace of God is given unto man so that we may have an unmerited favor with God and a right and real relationship with God. God has made a way for you to be forgiven, to be right with him now and right with him forever. So if you will turn from your sin and turn to God by faith in Jesus Christ, the scripture guarantees your salvation. That's good news, isn't it? Amen. Let's stand to our feet. I want to invite you to this altar today. We have decision counselors here. We have pastors here. You can talk to us and, and ask us questions. You can come up and all you have to say is this, I need to be saved. That's it. I need to be saved. Or maybe you're thinking, we need to join the church. I want to tell you today, I want to join the church. You can tell us that today. Maybe you need to be baptized. If you need to be baptized, just say the simple words. I need to be baptized. Let's talk about it. Amen. Lord, would you have your way in this moment? We are still before you, oh God. And we thank you for your word. We thank you for your presence. Lord, would you help us to take control of our schedules so that we pause. Lord, that we have relationship with you amongst all of our busyness. God, I pray that begins with me. Lord, we thank you for your grace, for your unmerited favor. We thank you for your power. God, may we trust that what we bring to the table is enough in your hands for you to do something worthwhile in this life that we live. Lord, help us not to take another step with ingratitude. Lord, help us to just express thanks to you the best way we know how, Lord, in our families and our lives so that we do not take for granted how you provide for us. God, if there be one or many that recognizes their need for you today, Lord, I pray that right where they are, they would call upon you, Lord, in faith with a desire to be forgiven right now. God, that they would do that right now. 
And Lord, help them to take the next step to reach out for help from the church so that we may guide them towards what to do next. And we love you and we thank you. We praise you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's sing together, church. This altar's open for you. Let's respond together.